1: Listen to The Amendment now, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to The Growth League, a podcast at the intersection of personal and professional growth. To get us inspired for the week, every Monday, I seek out remarkable women leaders, and we uncover their rules for growth, something that they learned in their process of achieving their own personal and professional goals. These rules are like shortcuts to success, and hopefully we can use them to save some time and heartache on our way to achieving what's possible. Our very first rule from our guest, Liz Simon, is everyone is just making it up. This episode is brought to you by Influence & Co., a content marketing company that helps thought leaders share their expertise online. This month, Influence & Co. is helping me write and publish an article to Harvard Business Review on how hiring a pretend boss fast-tracked my growth goals. You can find out more about Influence & Co. and the many services they offer for thought leaders in the show notes. I am Diana Kander, and like you, I feel the call to grow. I'm a Midwestern mom of two and have a career as a keynote speaker and growth consultant. I go to corporations and provide their leaders with a framework that's going to help them create their best year ever. But you don't learn when you're doing all the talking. So I wanted to create this show as a tool to help me level up my own game by learning from others. I invite you to join me for these mind blowing, perspective shifting conversations. Think of this show as the perfect way to get in a growth headspace for the whole week. This week's rule is that everyone is just making it up. It comes from Liz Simon, who's the ultimate example of somebody who has taken big right turns in her career, jumping from one type of job to another. And so much of her continued success stems from this principle. Liz is the Chief Operating Officer of Industrious, the largest shared workspace community in the world. And just two of her responsibilities are taking the company public and expanding its services internationally. Prior to joining Industrious, she spent eight years at General Assembly, a global education company, where she wore a number of hats, including general counsel, chief operating officer, head of communications, marketing and social impact. And before that, she served in the Obama administration as an attorney. Liz lives in Brooklyn with her husband and son, and she's a self confessed expert on reality TV. I wanted to talk to Liz because she is living proof that you don't have to have a linear path to end up at a place of great success. Okay, without further ado, here's Liz Simon. Liz, welcome to the show. Thank you, Diana. It's great to be here. Okay, I want to kick things off with a story. You have made so many incredible. leaps in your career. But I want to hear a story like, was there ever a time when there was a boss, a mentor, somebody that that believed in you, but they said or did something that destroyed you and your courage, like took you a couple of pegs down? Did that ever happen?
0: Yeah, for sure. The biggest growth moments in my career have come out of some of those tougher times. And if I think about, you know, back to my role at, at General Assembly, you know, the CEO there was a huge champion of mine. And also he was incredibly hard on me, I think, because he had such high expectations and knew what I was capable of. And so there were many times where we really kind of struggled and he, he wasn't a sugarcoated kind of person. And I, I misstepped a lot. Like there were things that I was doing that I'd never done before, where, you know, something didn't go the way I thought it would, or, you know, we missed an opportunity, right? That's one of the sort of I think hardest things for someone like a you know visionary founder CEO to say is like, you know, how come someone else got there first? And so I struggled a lot. I even thought about quitting sometimes. I was like, man, this is like, I can't take this. But but those were those were some of the moments that like honestly, I, I really do think that's where the most growth comes from, out of the trying and failing as someone who is kind of. Deeply a perfectionist and Enneagram type one, those moments are really hard for me in particular, but also, you know, I think that's helped me actually develop into the leader I am today.
1: And so what do you say to yourself in those moments to get back up and not just roll into the fetal position?
0: So so I had a coach one time who told me, like, you got to every day remind yourself that you made the best decision you could in the moment. And he was like, literally, it sounds stupid, but like put a reminder that pops up on your phone every single day that reminds you that you made the best decision you could in the moment. And like going back and having and hawing and thinking about it, that gets you nowhere. You know, it's a little thing like that, that like, you know, the reminder itself can't do everything, but constantly pulling back and having that perspective.
1: Well, I think that a lot of times people feel unprepared for whatever is next or that they're not good enough. And I love that when I asked you before the show what tips you had for young people who want to grow in their careers, you said that you don't have to have done something before to try it because that's the only way to learn. So I'm curious how you share that experience with somebody.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've made a career pivot from law to being more of a kind of like management-oriented executive and operations-oriented executive. And I think, to me, it's about identifying the things that are strengths of yours that, you know, I think some of the things about my legal training, for example, really helped me set me up well for these types of executive roles. It's like, I'm super detail-oriented. I'm very process thinker, systems thinker, linear and structured in the way that I put things together. So It's like, how do you take the things that you have already innately, you have have skills that you've built and developed and translate them to a new context? I think a lot of it is opportunity. Like I adjusted to opportunities that came my way. I'm not a person who's been like, let me develop myself so I can get ready for this thing. And then I'll be ready for this. Like I've taken some leaps into places that felt deeply uncomfortable (laughs) and I've also been lucky to have people who saw enough in me to be able to give me the opportunity. I think that's one of the things that feels the hardest. I think when I talk to a lot of people about career moves, especially doing things that feel nonlinear, which I have done a lot of, is credibly being able to convince somebody that you should be given an opportunity that on paper it might not otherwise look like you are quote unquote ready for. And so having people who believe in me to give me those opportunities has propelled me and forced me to grow into them. And, you know, that is partly, I think, what's required in order to really grow. Like, I think it's impossible to say, like, I'm going to develop this whole set of skills and toolkit, and then somebody will find me for the opportunity, you know?
1: And it sounds like you weren't the only one making the argument. Like that there were some people who were champions of yours or people that you knew maybe that you were making the argument to that were much more receptive to you saying, I think I can do this.
0: It is it is both you have to like yourself believe that and also have other people who could see that. And I one thing that I liked about being in the sort of tech industry the last decade or so is that, like, I feel like there's a little less rigidity in some of the thinking about career mobility and To me, that's something I really loved about joining kind of earlier stage, high growth companies, which is just like, work needs to get done. And if you are a capable person who puts your hand up to get the work done, whether or not you've done it before, that's often more than half the battle.
1: How do you assemble all of the assets that you have to make a pivot? I feel like you you should do an accounting of everything you got. And like, what can you bring to this next thing? How do you think about that?
0: Yeah, like I said, I mean, I think it really does start with What are the things that I really love doing that give me energy? What are the things that I think I'm really good at that are strengths? And what, where else do those things appear? Whether it's the like, I'm super organized and diligent and like keeping things on track and, and therefore I could be a really excellent project manager. That kind of accounting for like, here are the things I really love to do. Not just what I'm good at, here's the things that really give me energy that I love to do. To me, it's like, I love to solve really complex problems, give me a like hairy, crazy like situation and that's really complex and I can simplify it and solve it. That's a thing I really love to do. And it turns out that's a problem in law that you often get. And it's also a problem when you know, running an organization.
1: Whenever you do something new and it seems like you're doing something new in your career on a regular basis, you are bound to slip up. And you've mentioned that there have been times. So how do you think about mistakes?
0: Yeah, it's hard for me to make mistakes like, it's hard for everybody to make mistakes. Like, you know, I pride myself on being able to sort of make the right call. And, you know, when I don't, I can I am the toughest critic of myself. I find that people are more fine with the mistake than I am. Right. And so for me, it's a self thing. It's a it's a how do I move on
1: quickly? How do you move on? Because your advice so far is like, be really hard on yourself and do it. No, do my advice
0: is my advice is don't be hard on your don't be like me. Don't do that. So, the work of that is I would say threefold. It is talking to other people, my spouse, my friends, my colleagues who help me put that in perspective. It is thinking about what I would say to somebody else if they did this thing and how kind and gentle I would be on them versus I am to myself. It is like just pushing myself forward to the next thing. I I do think like hearing it through the perspective of somebody else and thinking about how you would talk to somebody else in that situation are some of the most helpful tools that I use on a very regular basis.
1: There's some classic self-compassion. Now, did you stumble onto that or did some good coach out there help you with it?
0: All of the above. Um, yeah. All of the above: therapy, coaching,
1: <laughs> like you know, same, yeah, same, same. Like,
0: it's just you know, it's tough.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a great three-part system to get over mistakes. I love it. Sleep is actually a super important part of personal growth. If you aren't getting. Eight hours a night. It's going to impact your energy, your focus, your memory, basically all the stuff that you need to make your growth goals work. That's why I love my Helix mattress. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know is going to be perfect the way that you sleep. I took the Helix quiz and I was matched with the Midnight Luxe mattress because I sleep on my side and prefer a medium feel. I Honestly, I was shocked at how accurately that quiz was able to understand my sleep preferences and I've never slept better. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress that you're matched to, and the mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. You don't ever have to go into a mattress store again. Just go to helixsleep.com growth, take the two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that's going to give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash growth. If you've listened to my husband's podcast, Majority 54, you probably know that he loves Athletic Greens, but it's not just him. I asked to borrow one of the scoops one day and I haven't looked back. Athletic Greens has been part of my morning routine for over a year now, and I've been feeling so healthy and energized all day. So what's in this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, your aging, all the things. Plus, for every purchase of Athletic Greens, they donate to organizations helping get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid hungry right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition to make it easy athletic greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com growth again that's athleticgreens.com growth to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance Now, you shared before the interview that there are some areas of your life that you're looking to grow over the next year. And they're, you know, very ambitious, like the rest of your career. You want to read a book a month. You want to learn to surf. And you're based in Brooklyn. New <laughs> yeah. York. You want to expand your family and no big deal. You have all these work related brand new job kind of goals. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean,
0: that is part of though, like what I was looking for. Like I just made a career, you know, a, new, a move to a new job like three months ago. And part of it was like I had been in a company for eight years. I felt like I had to pick myself up and move myself somewhere else to keep growing. And I moved myself into an industry, real estate and hospitality, that I like literally know nothing about. That is a learning curve that I am like going up. <laughs> I'm trying to approach that through a combination of just like spending time with people in the industry, going to events. And speaking at things where I'm like kind of making it up, kind of know what I'm talking about like it's it's literally just like spending a lot of time with people who know a lot more than I do and trying to absorb that, and I don't love feeling like I don't know things the way I used to, but again, like that's this is that's grown. a moment. that's a growth moment
1: yeah <laughs> well let me let me ask this listener question, how do you know when it's time to stop being comfortable and seek that next non lateral move I mean.
0: If you feel bored.
1: Yeah. Like I think that's it really
0: depends on the stage you are in your life and your family. Because it's like whatever. I have a four year old uh, now, almost four year old. And it's like the first couple of years of of his life. Like I was like, I need consistency. I need stability. I need to like not be surprised in what's happening at work. I need to show up to a place where like I just I got it. Like I, I have a handle. And now that we've gotten to a place with him that I'm like, it's a little easier now. Like we know what to expect then I could challenge myself a little bit more. So it, it really is kind of like, depending on where you are in your life, like, I don't think I, I would want to be like, you know, fresh off having a new baby and starting a new job and all of that. Like, you know, it like that would be, that I think would be more challenging.
1: And how do you think about these goals? Are they like New Year's resolutions that you're going to try to put in place? Or are they written down somewhere? Or are you creating an accountability system of some kind? Any kind of tools that you have, like creating a, a book club, where you're forced to read a book a month, or anything like that.
0: Yes, having a book buddy. I have a book buddy, um, so we're we're reading together. It's not in the form of a book club, but having somebody else to do those things together. And yeah, like my husband and I are learning to surf together. That was one of our goals, so we're going to do that together. And like you know, we started. We went to Hawaii a few months ago. And started. We're going to Costa Rica and another couple uh, over the holidays. And then we're going to you know, find somewhere else to go. I, I think like having a partner and doing those things is, I think, the most helpful.
1: You've turned each one of your goals into a way to build relationships in your life. Totally. And what a powerful like aha moment I'm having right now. Like, marry a thing that you want to do with a relationship in your life that's important to you. And then you get to accomplish this crazy thing, but really grow this relationship. Totally. And I'm a, I'm a
0: kind of introverted person in by nature. And I think I do best with like one-to-one or one-to-small group or kind of like relationship building myself. And so like, you know, those are good ways versus like, I don't need a whole big book club and a whole big group. I love focusing on one-to-one relationships and like, finding deep and meaningful ways to connect with people like that.
1: So what are the typical roadblocks for you? Like, let's say you set a goal, you want to learn how to surf with your husband or do this book club, like what typically gets in the way that you can see ahead of time, like this is going to be an issue.
0: I mean, work, like (laughs) (laughs) work, uh, childcare, like those, those kinds of things, like the same things that I think most people grapple with. Yeah you know, I'm not a procrastinator. So it's not, it's not that it's like when I'm overly taxed or stretched, because work demands are ramping up and or child related demands are ramping up and or I'm traveling and I'm tired, you know, it's like, yeah, those things are easy to push to the wayside. I mean, and also like, that's definitely true for things like reading and focused time on sort of A new hobby or a task or a thing, like those are the first things you drop when you just need to like veg in front of the TV and like can't bring yourself to do anything else. Watch some bachelor. That's right, exactly. (laughs) Some other garbage. Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay, speed round. Yes. What is your superpower habit, the best habit or system that contributes to your success?
0: I work out every single morning, first thing when I wake up, and I oh can't function if I don't do that. What time is that? 6:30. I'm lucky that my son sleeps till 8. <laughs> Starting my day with just movement, even if it is literally just like a walk, is key to my sanity and my health and my ability to be my best self throughout the day as a at work, at home.
1: <sighs> okay, the biggest oops of your career when you messed up, fell down, whatever it might be and what you took from it?
0: Yeah, I once fired somebody and that person didn't see it coming and had no idea. And that is a failure on my part as a manager and as a leader that I hadn't done the work to help this person see where they weren't delivering and weren't sort of meeting expectations. And I was more flip and callous about it than I should have been. And that wasn't fair. And that actually wasn't right. It's not something I'd ever support anybody else doing. And I, that has really stuck with me <laughs> as like just a thing that I'm not, I'm not proud of having done. And again, I think that was part of one of the spurs of me really thinking like, okay, people management has to be a strength of mine.
1: And so that's become like the, the place where a lot of your leadership development has come from yeah
0: I mean I think to me then it's like okay what do you take away from that it's like I'm always going to let people know where they stand I'm always going to be like transparent in the moment with feedback that I have no one's ever going to be surprised when I give them a piece of feedback to me it's like the the compassionate and also like right way to approach things so I, I both try to live that and also instill it in the people that I that I manage
1: amazing What is something that you strongly believed in your 20s that you feel completely indifferent about or opposite even now?
0: Well, this might be common, but... I always thought that, like, people just knew more, had better experience and, like, always knew what they were doing. And I always felt like I was the only one who didn't know what I was doing. And, like, it turns out that actually nobody knows what they're doing and everybody makes everything up. That might sound like a little, like, flip, but it is true. It is true that, like, literally nobody knows what they're doing and everybody is making things up all the time, myself included. So, like, I just... And the more senior you get in, in the organ in an organization, the more actually explicitly acknowledged that is, <laughs> which maybe worries them, but also deeply like surprising and comforting. You know,
1: I love it. What is a strongly held belief that you have that would make for a fun debate at a dinner party?
0: Hmm. I don't think our children need to go to college. I mean, in a GA, the whole vision was like everyone can learn the skills they need to be successful more quickly and more efficiently and at a be- and more cost effectively in a like high intensity more like vocational training program than they can in you know traditional four-year four-year university so I don't think our kids are going to go to college the same way that we did I actually don't I don't believe that um wait I've got one more which this is m- maybe like we're going to look at you're going to be hear this and be like she is crazy um Is it okay to leave your child at home asleep and go out? Oh,
1: this is a great. Oh, this is a great question. And go out to
0: dinner within a two block.
1: Oh, to dinner within a two block radius of your house. (laughs) (laughs) My my son's school is literally across the street from my house and we have a sleeping baby. And I'm like, is this illegal? I don't know. But I am worried that it might be. We have done it.
0: Do it. (laughs) There are a lot of people who look askance. scan since like, would you leave your sleeping kid alone if you knew they slept through the night? I and mean, you, you, you have the baby monitor. When you have a camera, you have a camera on them. You have an <laughs> alarm system in your house. Would you leave them and go out to dinner yeah. in your neighborhood just within a couple of block radius?
1: Yeah, I think we're going to get a lot of listener reaction to this. But this
0: is something that engenders a lot of like mixed feelings. <laughs> so if
1: you're within walking
0: distance. Yes. We live in we live in Brooklyn. See... We have places that are on a you know within a block or so from us. Yeah, it's like a big house. Is... it's like a big suburban house. Like you're just on the other end of a big suburban house. <laughs>
1: like... <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate you bringing this up. I think this is a debate. Yes, but we just have technology that nobody before us had. Correct. And so we can have the conversation that nobody before us correct. Had. You're looking at them on a screen. You see them at yeah, all times. <laughs> I don't know. It's like they're at dinner with you. I think this is a great. I think this is a great
0: topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: okay, so do we have a rule for today? I think maybe something about navigating ambiguity or about how everybody's just making it up.
0: I love that everybody's just making it up. I I think that is a real truism. I love it. Something along those lines.
1: Yeah, this is delightful. This is super fun. Thank you so much for joining me today, Liz. If you want to follow Liz, you can't because she's not really on social media, but you can find her on LinkedIn. If you have a strong opinion about our fun debate discussion, I'm at Diana Kander on Instagram and on LinkedIn. And remember, the Growth League is more than a podcast. We have an entire community on Facebook called the Growth League, where you can take part in growth projects, challenges, discuss the show and meet other amazing like minded individuals. And then join us every single Monday morning for a weekly dose of inspiration, practical advice, and more than anything, just knowing that you're going through all of this with a community of like-minded people. That's it for this week's episode of The Growth League. If you enjoyed the show and you want more like it, please make sure that you're subscribed. And if you want to nominate a remarkable woman to be a future guest, somebody that you're like, how does she do it? Please leave your nomination in a review for the show. And please include your social media handle so we can thank you appropriately. Thank you again to Influence & Co. for sponsoring the show. If you want to create a system out of your thought leadership that serves as a lead generation device, SEO for your website, and increases sales, go to influenceandco.com slash growth or just reach out to me and I'll tell you more about my work with this amazing woman-owned company. I hope you have an amazing growth-filled rest of your week. The Growth League is a Wonder Media Network production. It's produced by Edie Allard, Adesua Agbinal, and Taylor Williamson. Our executive producer is Jenny Kaplan, and our editor is Emily Rudder.